a couple of things before we start today. First one is, how many, how many of you feel a little sick today? Anybody feeling a little bit? All right, we know where you are now if you're seated next to one of these. Now, I've been feeling a little bit down. If I didn't shake your hand or hug you today, it's because I don't want to spread the germs, all right? I don't want to be, I don't want to be patient zero, all right, today. So just, just keep that in mind. I'm not feeling the greatest. And then the second thing is, is that if you don't have a candle yet, go ahead and pick one of those up. Uh, you might be asking why we bring all the children in with us when we have open flames that Sunday of the year. And if you are asking that, you're not alone, because I was asking myself the same question yesterday, all right? I was asking, no. We love to light candles, love to do it on a family Sunday, um, just all together, just an awesome time uh, together this morning. It's going to be fun. It's going to be really, really fun. It's going to be a powerful moment. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Last year, we had a little bit of a problem uh, getting my candle lit. That was on me. I just, uh, we just almost had a little fiasco. You may not have noticed. We played it off pretty well. This year, I solved that problem. I brought, all right, I've got... I've got a butane torch, so we're going to light this place, right? We're going we're gonna to have a fun... No, we got, we got matches as well, right? But this is the backup. So if you see this thing come out, something's wrong, all right? And if you see me running, you run too, all right, everybody? Just keep that in mind for this Christmas. Uh, and the last thing I wanted to ask everybody, uh, who has already done their Christmas? Who's, who's getting ready for this week, but who's already done it? Because we've already done it with our Louisiana family. Come on, somebody. That's the smart way to do it. You get it out of the way before all the craziness happens. And I got a particular gift this year that I've gotten one for the last eight years. Every year I get the same gift from the same people. Uh, and it's a particularly fun gift that I enjoy. So I thought I would share it with you today. And that is I get a calendar every year. And the calendar is entitled Nuns Having Fun. Come on. Can we throw that one up there? Come on, somebody. <laughs> Nuns having fun. So we're going to cycle through a couple of these because I think you should enjoy this joy this Christmas, all right? This is the calendar, right? And in case you think I'm lying, I get this every, every single year I get this. Come on, don't they look joyful? Let's go through a couple of these. Come on, people. You need some joy in your Christmas, all right? Bubble trouble in paradise. This is getting her sacred heart rate up. Come on, somebody. This is, I don't care what you say, this is funny. This is a good, and I won't tell you who gives me this calendar to protect them, right? I'm going to keep them anonymous. You like that, Kirby and Jen? I kept you anonymous. I protected you. <laughs> Come on, this is my favorite one. That's just, that's something. Let's give it for, up for the hand. Nuns having fun. Come on, somebody. This is my, so if you have a last minute gift idea that you're trying to find that special someone in your life, I'll sell it to you for $29.99. Come on, somebody. I will gladly, gladly do it. Man, I, I love Christmas Sunday. I love this time of the year. How many enjoyed the singing? How many enjoyed the kids singing, first of all? You enjoyed that? Man, just, just singing loud and proud. They just, man, just love it. I enjoy this carol. So I know I give carols a hard rap. I know I kind of come down on them a little bit. But truth is, I love them. I love that atmosphere where we're just... Everybody together, songs that we know so well, and we're just singing them. Nobody sings carols softly, all right? Even the soft ones, we don't sing softly. You just belt them out. There's just something about them. And so many of them have such worshipful lyrics. And so it's an awesome time. I know we had it in, just today in the worship. We're going to have it at the candle lighting as well, where we just have those worshipful lyrics that we're just lifting up the name of Jesus. Just love that, love that. And we do it to communicate a point. And I want to say that to you as well. It's been on my heart this whole week. Because last week we sang that carol, Come Let Us Adore Him. Come, let us adore him. And I want to make that statement to you, and not even as a statement. I want to make it as an invitation. Just an invitation to you. Come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. And here's the statement I would make to you, and that is until you find, until you find Christ as the center of your passions, until you give your devotion to him, you will always be searching for significance. You'll always be searching for something significant. You'll always be searching for fulfillment because everything else comes up short. 
Everything else comes up short. The truth is, everybody on this planet is a worshiper. Let me say it this way. Even if you're not a Christian, you're worshiping something because worship isn't a song that we sing on Sundays. Worship isn't isn't this, this song and music and thing that we do. Worship, worship is anything you give your passion to. Worship is anything you give your life and your passions to. So the question of today would be then, is your worship satisfying you? Is what you're giving your passion to, is it actually significant? Is it actually a great thing or are you wasting it on the insignificant? Chances are it's not satisfying you. Chances are it's not fulfilling your life. Chances are it doesn't fill the hole that's inside of you. Because everything that we normally would give our passions to, everything earthly is just temporary. Everything that we give our passions to is just temporary. It's just, it's why people don't even know why life doesn't add up. Because you have all these scenarios, all these things, and you think, well, that, that shouldn't have happened, or this shouldn't have done this way, or, or all these things I did shouldn't have resulted in this, and then you're left unfulfilled. You're left with a longing that's unfulfilled. And I'm going to tell you this morning, until you find it in Christ, until you put your passion and your worship in him, you will always be unfulfilled. Because we, we go after different things. We, we go after the next relationship and we think, well, that, that'll do it, right? When I find the right one. And it's beautiful for a while. And, and then it leaves you disappointed. Or, or you go after, right? We're in South Louisiana. You, you put your hope in sports. Come on, somebody. And regardless of what happens next week and in January, at some point, it will disappoint you. I don't know if I could just burst. I'm not bursting the bubble there. I'm praying too. Come on, somebody. I'm praying. But at some point, it will disappoint you. Or you put it in fame or in achievement or in your career and you you put all your passion into it. You put everything that you are into it because you think, well, maybe this will bring the significance. This will bring the fulfillment. And we're all on this search to satisfy this longing and you'll never satisfy it until you find it in Christ. Until you find it in Jesus. Until you find it there. In fact, one of the most unique things about humans, one one of the things that sets us off, differentiates us from everything else is this ability. It's this spirit that's inside of us. That when you were created, when God made Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, it said he breathed his life into them. And there's a spirit part of you. There's a spirit part of you that, that is different from everything else because we're the only things that worship. Come on, you think about it. You don't see like, cows and goats circling around stuff and moo, you know, worshiping anything. I don't know how you set up your nativity, but that's just animals don't worship things, right? Humans are the ones that worship. We're the ones that worship. By the way, it's why you're attracted to music. It's why you can sing a hymn that you sang with your grandparents and you feel that thing inside of you. It's more than just an outward expression. It's this thing inside of you that speaks, that worships. It just begins to rise. It's that spirit. And you'll always be in a pursuit of trying to get significance. You'll always be in a pursuit of trying to have that. And the only way you find it is when that spirit reconnects with that which it came from in the first place. When it reconnects with the thing that it came from, the breath of God itself. You'll never feel complete until you find that, until you reconnect that. You have all that going on on the outside. There's a longing fulfilled on the inside. And when you reconnect with him, it doesn't matter what happens on the outside. We've been talking about peace this whole month. It doesn't matter what your outside circumstances are. When you reconnect with the spirit of God, that's when all the turmoil, all that just becomes insignificant. And that's connection is what brings you fulfillment in your life. It's what you were made to do. You were made to worship. For some of us, you are a Christian already. You've already been connected. And for some of us, you know that you're a Christian, you know that you love God, but you know it's not at the level. And, and we're just being honest with ourselves today, all right? It's Christmas. We can be honest with ourselves for a few minutes. You know it's not at the level that it should be. You know that you're letting your passions get divided among a lot of different things. And those things aren't inherently wrong in themselves, but when they take away from God is when they are. And you've thought, 
man, you know, I, I've got to get it back to that level. Some of you are here today and you say, man, I tried the church thing. That just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. I've tried all that Sunday stuff, and that's probably the problem is you can't just have some Sunday type thing that you have that you check the box and expect to find difference. It has to be an inward change. It has to be a worship of Christ the Lord. And so you say, and we'll talk about that a little bit more next week about finding that significance and finding those things, but you got to reconnect. And it's got to be more than just a service on a Sunday. It's got to be more than all of that. It's got to come back to the person of Jesus Christ. It's got to come back to him. Now, right here, tucked into the middle of your Christmas story, is a group of people that I want to talk about just for a couple of minutes, all right? Before we light these candles and we sing and we have that moment. I just want to talk about a group of people in the Christmas story because there's a group that are called the wise men, all right? They're the group that's in there called the wise men, the magi, and they're on a worship journey of their own. They're on this journey to find something to worship. And I want to point it out to you that these guys, significant about these guys, these wise men, is they already had a God, they already had a religion. In fact, it calls them the Magi coming from the east. And these Magi, it was a group of priests, a group of pagan priests that they would worship and they would search through the stars and the rest. Now, just to put that in kind of our, our modern day context, these would be people who worship the zodiac and the astrology and the stars and different things. These, this is witchcraft, right? This is sorcery, all right? And they come and it says, after Jesus was born though in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, so there's Magi again from the east, came to Jerusalem came to Jerusalem, and they asked this question, where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? A couple of things from that. First thing is, they didn't come to the stable, all right? They came to Jerusalem. So I'll just pop every Christmas bubble this morning, all right? I'm not saying rearrange your nativity, but it wasn't there. It wasn't at that part. Jesus is about one or two years old at this point. And the Magi, which is where we get the word magic, by the way, keep that in mind, they had something already. But they came searching to Jerusalem. They came searching, and they get here, and they ask this question, very significant here, where? Where is he? Because they're on this search. They're saying, okay, we had all this other stuff, but it's not enough. This isn't something that satisfies us. We're coming and searching for this king, this king of the Jew. We saw his star rise. We've come and done it. We've, we've come to see it. And by the way, these magi, they come from the east. It would have been modern-day Iraq or Iran. And so you think about this, that God is not just calling the Jew and the Christian. God is concerned about the entire world coming and proclaiming that Jesus Christ is Lord. All of them coming. And so they come from the east of Jerusalem and they ask, where is he? Where is the king? We've come, he says, we've come to worship him. We've come to bow down. We've come to bow down to him. We've come to worship the king. And so Herod, the next verse, Herod gets a little disturbed, right? He's disturbed all Jerusalem with him because Herod's the king. He doesn't want another king, right? And so they show up. And so he calls together all his things and he says, okay, tell me, tell me, guys, why, what are they talking about? What's the significance of this? So they come, his chief priests, his teachers, and he asks them where the Messiah was to be born. And they said, in Bethlehem, they quote the prophet Micah here, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. And so they say, okay, this is one of the 400 prophecies that are fulfilled in Jesus, the Christ child. And so they say, okay, it's going to come out of Bethlehem. So he calls back the Magi and he tells them, and he finds out when the star appeared and he sent them to Bethlehem and he said, go search carefully for the child. And as soon as you find him, come back, report to me so I can go and worship him too. He doesn't want to worship him, right? He wants to kill him. But he tells them to come back and, I, and, and tell me too. So they went, after they heard, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose it went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. It stopped over the place. And it's significant because all of us are on this worship journey. All of us are on this journey where we're trying to find something to give our passions to, something to fulfill our lives, something that we were made for. All of us have this journey that we're on, and it always feels like a moving target. 
It always feels like you're trying to hit a moving target, but you're ready for this. There's only one place that the star stops. There's only one place that the star stops, and it's over the Christ child, Jesus. There's only one place that it's, and it's at this holiday that we celebrate this week, this Christmas holiday, that the star stops over Jesus. And anytime you try to get at any other place, I guarantee that you'll be back because nothing else satisfies. Nothing else satisfies. The star only stops in one place, folks. The star only stops in one place. And you go try. I don't say this disrespectfully. You go and try. Then you'll be back because nothing else can fulfill. It only stops over the Christ child. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And then the next verse, the next verse after, and coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and they worshiped him. And they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream, they warned him not to go back to Herod. They returned to their country by another route. Three things I want, to see, want you to see in the story very quickly. Three things, and then we'll light these candles. Three things I want you to see, because it's very important that you see how these wise men finish that journey. They've been searching for this thing to worship. They've been searching for the significance, and they end their worship journey in a certain way. And I want you to see these things, because it's true that there will always be something trying to keep you from worshiping God. There will always be something trying to keep you from that worship. There will always be a Herod to try to stop you. There will always be a Herod in your way. All of us have it, and I have it too. There will always be things that compete for your worship. Always be things that are trying to draw away from it. And I have them too. And honestly, that is the devil's greatest trick in your life. If he can get you to stop worshiping God, he wins. That's the enemy's plan for your life. Come on, somebody. The enemy's not trying to look like with little red horns and run around with a pitchfork and do all that. That's not what he's trying to do. The enemy doesn't dress up in a red jumpsuit, everybody. He dresses up in those things that we think will satisfy us but keep us from worshiping God. That's how he can keep us from, that's his goal is to keep us from doing that because if, you, if he stops you from worshiping God, then he's won. He's kept you from what you were made to do, to bring glory and honor to him. So he tries to pull you away from that. There will always be a Herod to stop you, but there will always be a star to draw you. There will always be a Herod trying to stop you. There will always be a star to draw you. God sees that dynamic in play in our lives. God isn't distant and not watching. He sees that dynamic, and so he decides, and I love that part of this story, by the way, because they were astrologers, because they loved stars, because they thought all that was fulfillment, because of all that in their lives, God thought, let me draw them with a star. He speaks their language. He'll come down and speak your language to draw you. God will work in a way that can draw you to him, in a way that will draw you to worship him. And I was kind of hoping this morning, I've been praying that this morning would be a star moment for you. That this moment would be a star moment to draw you. And for a lot of us, it's probably not the first time. Probably not the first time that God has been working inside of you to draw you to him. And sometimes if, we're, if we continually, continually ignore it, continually shun it, continually turn away from it, sometimes we'll even allow challenging situations to draw us. Because he's so desperate in drawing us. And drawing us back to him. And I advise you, don't let it get to that point. When you feel the tugging, when you feel that, is to answer that call that the star only stops in one place, I'd encourage you to come and ask, where is the king? Where is the king? Stop here. I would love to have the honor. If you don't have a church where you worship regularly, I'd love to have the honor on a Sunday is to come and just join us in that search. To join us in that search of finding the king and worshiping him. There's always a Herod to stop you. There'll always be a star to draw you. And there will be a moment where you have to decide what you're going to do. You make the decision. God has given you that freedom of choice where you decide which way you're going to go, which way you're going to do. And what the Magi did is what I would encourage you to do. 
Because the three things they did, the first one is they bowed. First thing that they did on this journey when they arrived and they said, where is he, the king? And they found where the star stops. They found where the star stops. First thing is they bowed. And bowing is saying, I'm, I'm no longer giving my adoration to other things. No, I'm, I'm gonna worship you. Bowing is saying, I'm putting my eyes off of everything else and I'm gonna give everything I've got. I'm all in. That you're more than just a topic in the Bible. You're more than just this fun phrase on a Sunday. You're more than, than any of these other things. No, you are God. You are Christ and I'm gonna worship you with everything I've got. That's what you do first is you bow, you adore. And then they said they bowed and then they gave. They gave. And that's your part there where you say, okay, Lord, I'm all in. I'm gonna give of myself. And it says they gave gold and frankincense and myrrh. I don't think he wants your gold, frankincense and myrrh. I think he wants everything you've got. I think he wants you to give of yourself. He wants you to say, I'm all in. Everything I have is represented. Everything is to you. It says they bowed, they gave. And then the final one is they went home differently. It says they went home differently. The verse there says they returned on a different road. And you're saying, well, you're taking that out of context. I know, I know everybody. I know it's a physical, the word there means a physically different route that they went home when they were born in the dream. I know that, but I think they went home differently as well because they had been with Jesus. I think they went home changed because they had been with Jesus. And so I would encourage you this Christmas, this Christmas service, you're saying, Ben, I, I just, it's maddening how this route takes. I, it's maddening that I can't hit that target or I can't find the significance I thought I would find. I can't do this. It's just, I can't figure out how to end. I would encourage you. If you want your Christmas to be different, you want to find that fulfillment for this coming year. As you bow, you give up yourself, then you go home differently. Everybody bow your heads with me this morning. I don't know where you're sitting in this room right now or if you're watching online or you're wherever you are and you're listening to this. Just ask yourself, is this message for you? Have you been on a life search that you've been looking for significance in all these things, been giving your passions to things that don't satisfy? Have you been wondering, where is the king? You've been searching for him over and over. I just encourage you this morning, it's time to make a decision. I'm telling you, the star has stopped over the Christ child. It's stopped over Jesus. That's where you find your significance. Until you come to the place where you can confess him as Lord, you can give your life to him. You will always be searching. Until you can come to the place where you worship and you sing, I adore you, and you begin to give your life to him. Until you can do that, you will always be searching. I encourage you this morning, you have an opportunity to make a decision. There will always be a Herod trying to stop you, but the star has stopped over Jesus. You have a chance to make that decision in your life. So if that's you today and you say, I want to make it, I want to make that decision, what do I need to do? I just want to pray with you. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I just want to lead you in a prayer that this Christmas you can say, I went home differently. Not a temporary difference. Not a change or a difference like the world gives, but something on the inside. So no one else is looking around, but if that's you today and you say, I want to pray that prayer. I want to make that decision. You say, include me in that prayer. Right now, would you just stretch up your hand? Great job. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, great job, guys. Hands all over this room. Thank you. Great job. I see you, ma'am. See you, sir.
Great job, guys. So come on, church. We're going to pray with those. Here's what you do. I'm going to give you the words, but you have to mean them. To mean them in your heart. And church, we're going to pray with them so no one feels alone. Let's pray. They say, dear Jesus, today I give you everything. Change me. I bow to you as my Lord, my Savior, my God. I want to go home different. Now say these words, I make you the Lord of my life. I accept what you did on the cross. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I thank you for every person who prayed that prayer, God. I celebrate with them. I celebrate for new beginnings in their life, for going home differently, Lord. That you would put the change and they would never be the same in Jesus' name. Lord, let them never be the same. Now I want you to stay in just an attitude of worship. Because we're going to light candles and this is just a precious moment. Just an awesome time. And you can go ahead and take out your candle. Just hold it there on your lap for a minute. And here's what I love about this moment that we're about to experience. Here's what I love about this, and that is when we, we bring the darkness and the lights down and we, we start to get a little bit, we start to light these things, it's, a, it's almost a, an example of some of the darkness that we walk through in our lives. I don't know what thing you're walking through, maybe this month at this season or it's been this year, whatever it is that you've walked through where that darkness just seems to creep in. But we have this chance to light these candles, to let that light pierce that darkness, to see what happens when you let just a little bit of light in. So I encourage you, as you light them next to your family and here as one church family, as you begin to pray that, that whatever situation it was, that you would begin to allow God to fill it. Whatever situation you think is too dark and too broken and too far gone, that you would let the person of Jesus Christ fill every single part to bring his peace where there is no peace, to bring his comfort when there's pain and grief, to let him bring the comfort that only he can bring. So come on, let's light these candles and let's pray together. And let's sing. You can stand as we do it.
Come on, let's sing it one more time all together. Just hold up your candles, we do. Silent night, holy night, all is just want to pray over you. This is my Christmas blessing for you. Jesus, we pray right now. God, I pray that you would bless every single person, every family. God, I pray that you would begin to fulfill. Lord, that you would be, God, that you would be the peace to their lives. That you would be the Lord to their homes. God, that every unfulfilled longing, everything would be found in you. That you would fulfill it. And so, Lord, we lift up our worship and we say we adore you. I pray right now, God, for those of the, who have lost someone this year. We're going through the Christmas season with that grief. I pray that your peace would be with them. For every person, God, who's having a tough time at work, Lord. Every person who's having, Lord, just a, a tough time in a relationship or in a family or in a strange or a child, whatever it is, God, I pray right now that your peace would be on them, that you would be the light in the darkness. And I pray this, Lord, that none of us would go home the same. That you would change us and we would become who you have called us to be. And we'll give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name, and all God's church said, amen and amen. Merry Christmas, everybody.